Unfiltered. I'm your host, Joshua T. Berglund. Thank you guys so much for coming. Big shout out to PSTV recording episode number two uh, for the TV version of Gratitude Unfiltered. Uh, we're doing that in San Diego on Saturday, and my guest is going to be Molly Trotter. So excited. She's an amazing human being, a very powerful leader, and a world changer. Uh, so we're going to have her on the show. Really excited about that. Um, also, radio audience, podcast audience, thank you guys so much for your support. Every week, the show's growing. Thanks to you. God bless you. This means a lot to me. Um, Facebook and YouTube, thank you guys so much again for your support. This is going to be a fun show tonight, but first things first. So some of you who know me from like my personal page on Facebook, I like to do more stuff on Facebook than I do uh, Instagram. I don't really understand Instagram, to be honest with you. Um, but... I am uh, posted about this, this old camera shop that I want to buy, and I have this vision for what I get to create there um, and how we're going to give back and provide a free uh, resource to, to teach people how to build uh, their shows, like have that in-studio television feel. Um, the, we, I want to have a, a Saturday, like every Saturday, have the space reserved for kids to be able to come and speak their truth, like uplifting, nothing, nothing uh, that's just, you know, discriminates against anybody, no hatred, like just straight up, just like love, support and lifting people up. But want to give kids an opportunity to be uh, unfiltered and speak their truth. And because I think it will help us all become aware of what kids are thinking and and we'll get, we get to find out how we get to show up for kids to make their life better. I think by giving kids a microphone, I think that that is going to be so powerful um, for them. It may save some lives. It definitely will break some cycles um, that have happened, like breaking that up of going into toxic relationships, you know, being a better parent. Like we can break the cycle. Um, with something like this and I think and I'm so adamant about speaking and speaking truth and and all, getting rid of your secrets and all of that stuff like it it matters so much and I just think all the time of all the people I didn't have to hurt I didn't have to hurt them had I had an outlet at that age as a kid I, I think about the cycle of pain <laughs> that I could have stopped so I can't do that in my own life. I can't do anything about the past, but what I can do, what I get to do, 
is help other people break their cycles. And I think giving kids a microphone, giving them the studio, like real cameras, the whole bit, let them like share their ideas and express themselves the way that they want to express themselves and get and having that as a free resource is part of one of the things that I'm going, what I'm creating with Gratitude Unfiltered Ministries. All this ties together. What this show is turning into on television is it's turning into a ministry. It's, um, it, but it's, it's about serving in the communities and getting involved in the communities and making changes. And it's a different kind of ministry. You know, you guys know my faith. It's just, it's, 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 it's bigger than that. And because there's a very, you know, the mental health, the abuse side of things, you know, just teaching kids about truth and, 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 under, and feeling safe and having a place to express themselves in a way that I don't think has been done before. And, and I feel led to do this. And so I've had been so blessed to have people come into my life um, to kind of help make these, this, this happen. And uh, Rhonda, who is um, on the presidential prayer team, has reached out and she's offered to help me not only form the 501c3 to make this happen, but also we've made progress on that building. And that's why I'm excited. Um, this, this is like very possible. Like I, getting that building on Hollywood Boulevard, the, 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 that camera shop and turning that into a studio and, and so much more and, and, and what we get to do with that is just exciting. And we took a massive step forward. And uh, there's a plan that's really taking shape to make this happen. So I just wanna say thank you for all of the encouragement. Thank you for all of the support um, because you guys are making that happen. Um, it just means a lot. I, I found an old note and I'm gonna introduce our guest in just a second. Um, I want to read this. I, 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 these are the old notes I wrote down. History is moved by faith. People who have faith, the verb faith, God is for you. He wants you just the way you are. He can use all of your past for the good of many to bless and ultimately bring you joy. You have to decide, can you trust God with your life? Become the right person. It takes faith, surrender. I can't read my writing. <laughs> oh, oh, obey the voice inside you that tells you to take action. Sometimes there's addition by subtraction. Believing is not the end game. Your soul is longing for adventure and uncertainty. Come to life. Come to life. I just found this on the floor and I wrote this months ago. And man, it hits home just as much today as it ever did. And I just want to tell you something. I want to make something very clear before I introduce Tracy. None of these miracles and blessings that are happening in my life weren't happening when I was living a lie. They weren't happening when I was like telling 98% of the truth. 
like even when I started off on this quest to 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 and doing what I felt led to do, but when I was withholding about you know like as I didn't want the public to know that I had HIV because of so much shame. Well, no, no, no. It was important that I talked about that. It was important that I talked about abuse, and 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 just the unfiltered, complete truth. Talking about relapses and triggers and like in the moment stuff that's real so people can know that they're not alone but i'm just telling you that these miracles and these people that are coming into my life that are making these things possible and like this vision take like truly take form and even that now the likelihood of being able to hire the the one and only consulting firm that i would use for nonprofits. um or businesses or freaking anything is Anton J. I've seen them work. I've seen them rescue companies and I've seen the work they've done with nonprofits. Like that's a big part of the vision is hiring Anton J because Anton J just does the work that they do is so fantastic. And I get to do this right because I want to make something very, 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 very clear. The vision for Gratitude Unfiltered was not a TV show. Like, even though that was a goal, that was a childhood-like goal, this is a global thing that I, I get to do and create. And I know for a fact I can't do it alone, but it's amazing how the truth attracts tribe. And I'm telling you right now that your life will be enriched in ways and blessed in, in ways and your joy will just the abundance of joy that you will experience in truth is something that is just supernatural supernatural so i the theme on this show is to be unfiltered be like share your truth and and you know sometimes you get to make hard decisions in life to be the highest version of yourself but i'm telling you it's worth it and i was a piece of crap 99% of my life some days I don't feel worthy, but I also know that I'm doing the work and that is available for all of you, all of you. Okay, ran over. I'm gonna introduce our guest. Sorry, that was a long intro. Tracy Maxfield is a nurse with over 36 years experience. She is a certified, I'm sorry, she is certified in generology and a dementia care and is, wow, this is gonna be fun. Is, is a regular guest of a well-known author and radio host, Peter Rosenberger's show, Hope for the Caregiver, on WLAC and iHeartRadio in Nashville, Tennessee. Tracy is a Purple Angel Dementia Ambassador for Oak, uh, she, uh, in British Columbia. Sorry about that. Tracy experienced her first episode of clinical depression in her 20s and lived with chronic depression ever since. However, nothing has prepared her for the acute depressive episode she experienced in 2015. After enduring years of intense work, place stress, and harassment and bullying, she plummeted into an abyss of darkness, hopelessness, and despair, the likes of which she had never experienced before. Let's end it there and just introduce the one and the only, Tracy Maxfield. Thank you. How am I supposed Hi to follow that, all that intro that you did? My goodness. I'm, I'm trying to find one of my notes that I wrote from years ago. <laughs> I, wow. It's uh yeah so I am sorry for the long intro and the no, delay no, so no, I, because I've had this burning inside me the the I the gratitude tell. that I have for the people that have come in my life that have helped make all of this possible is it's like I'm almost hyperventilating 
with gratitude because I it's all coming from blessings. It's all coming from blessings, not money. I don't have any money yet. It's coming from blessings. Like I'm getting to see, like stretch your faith every day. Do something every day to stretch your faith and you will see God work in your life. That is like a mantra of mine and I'm seeing it happen and I want that so much for other people. So Tracy, I am so happy to have you here. What are you grateful for today? What am I grateful for today? Oh my goodness. Um, I'm grateful today for many things. Um, well, one, being on your podcast, I've been waiting a while to come on. Um, I was on another podcast this morning, um, Next On Scene, which is going to air tomorrow. And I'm flying to Kansas on Thursday to appear on TV and talk about my work and what I'm doing to help kids and try and make a difference. And then I fly to Florida because I'm giving a presentation at the teachers conference about mental illness in kids and what we need to start doing to help our kids. So that's what I'm grateful for. Opportunities that a year ago when my book was released, I never thought would be presented to me. So let's go into that. Um, tell us, I mean, the, 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 you heard with the intro and the idea yeah. in giving kids an outlet. Yeah. And you're working with kids with mental health issues. And of course, I didn't know at the time that I was already had mental health challenges as a kid. I didn't know that until much later. Um, but that said, you heard the intro. Yes. This idea to create this for kids. Absolutely. What do you feel about that as an expert in the field? Oh, 100%. When you were saying it, when you were talking about it, I was I was clapping you. No one could see or hear, but I was because it's an awesome idea. I mean, what we need to start doing is, is valuing and validating our kids. They have a voice and we need, and it doesn't matter how young they are, they have a voice and we need to start listening to them because if you provide a nurturing, trusting environment and you are approachable you're not that adult that stuffy adult you are on their level lying on the floor talking to them or kneeling if that's what they're doing and having a conversation eye to eye with them that's when they open up and that's what i found with me i've always had a great relationship with kids i i did pediatrics many years ago uh, and i've always kids have always come and you know kind of talk to me and want to play and everything but it wasn't until I started doing this work that I had 63 teenagers, ages 11 to 15, come and confide in me about their mental illness or bullying that they were going through. 63 in a day. And they were sharing things and the school didn't even know what they were going through. And they were telling me stuff that, it, well, that's why I'm doing the work I'm doing. It blew my mind. I was so heartbroken. These are supposed to be kids enjoying their life and they're, they're sitting their wrists, they're cutting themselves, they're attempting suicide, they're isolating themselves from the world because they think they're weird. And it's, no, you are not. You have so much hope and possibility and that's what we've got to start telling them as early as we possibly can. And so your idea is phenomenal because 
you may be providing one thing, but you're also opening the door for them to develop a trusting relationship where they will maybe share things with you and start that healing process because ultimately they need to be cured. Safe. Safe is the word, the magic word, especially kids that have suffered abuse. Uh, safety is a huge, huge thing. And uh, I want to ask you, though, I, 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 I feel led to ask this question. But typically kids are not going to feel safe with an adult in a sub to talk about these things unless if they sense that you've gone through it also. Yes, and that's, that's what I have found. I mean, my book is as open and raw as it possibly can. When you said honesty and transparency, I have no secrets. And I, I can't have them. No, I can't, I, I, I can't afford, I can't even, I can't afford with who I am and who I'm trying to be to keep one secret. And like some people say you have to have a private life. I don't think people understand. I have to be 100% committed this way or I'm, I almost fell into a trap, like I, a, a, an old pattern on accident. Like I didn't mean to, but it slipped in and I thank God I was aware enough to catch it, but it's sneaky. So I have to be 190% focused on the path or I'm doomed. Well, no, and it is, it's, I mean, sorry, my, my earpiece. Um, after the experience that I went through and then my decision to tell the story and tell it as real and raw as it is for people to truly identify and understand. And it, it was a hit with the teenagers, which, which surprised me, but it was just because it's very descriptive. There's lots of illustrations, which they could immediately relate to, but it was the honesty in sharing my, my story, my vulnerability want of a better word i put myself out there no secrets and it was scary but i have no regrets because when you walk the walk and talk the talk that's when the kids will come and talk to you and i, I couldn't believe the stories that these kids were just coming up they didn't know me they knew about me they knew about my book they listened to a little blurb that i'd given them and then they came up and they would say to me, you know, when will I escape the rabbit hole? Do you know how, how I can escape? And started talking and they spilled everything out. And I was so surprised, but it was because they knew what I was talking about and they knew that I would understand. And that's what kids want. It's with an adult figure, they don't want the psychiatrist that says, this is what depression is. This is how you're going to feel. They want somebody to say, depression sucks. It is horrible. It is the fight of your life, but you can get through it. And I'll help you and I'll show you some little things that you could try. And this is what you need to maybe start doing. And it's empowering them. It's giving them education, but it's empowering them to take back control of their lives and to move forward because ultimately we want them to be the best that they can be. Yeah. It's for, I can tell you, I can speak firsthand on the importance of just having an outlet and feeling safe. But, you know, as a kid, I didn't have the floor to talk about it. But as I got older, I found refuge with like, with escorts and massage girls because I knew that they could relate. 
and I and the, and the and the things that I was currently struggling with were something that I knew that they could too. Yes. And even to this day, even though I walk a different, I'm on a different path. I still, my heart for those people that are stuck in that world is never going to change. Those are the people that I want to help the most. Yes. But here's the thing: if you can get to them as kids, yes. Oh my God. Like it's so much easier for them to stop the hurt at a young age. So I love that you're doing this. How are you? Let me ask you something. So you obviously you went through some stuff to for you, these kids to trust you. You went through some stuff and we can get into that if you want. But what I want to ask you is how I know how emotionally pulling it can be. And it's exhausting to take on what you're doing. How do you keep yourself recharged and keep yourself sane for so you don't slip into some old triggers or old habits? I stay true to my values. Um, I, I would say, um, I mean, I'm a nurse, so uh, I'm aware of the mental health awareness and the physical and how to look after yourself. But after I escaped the rabbit hole, I came out a very different person and I'm not the same person I was in 2015 when I fell down. When you face death up front, close, personal, when you made a decision to end your life, when you're battling every day to live and move forward and you can't see anything but darkness, it changes you. And then when you finally make headway and you can see there's possibilities, you start seeing what's important in life. And I express gratitude all the way through. I journaled from day one and I, I wrote um, expressions of gratitude. Today, I express gratitude for. And it, in the beginning, it was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to express gratitude for? And it was like, okay, you got up and you showered. And then after a couple of months, it would be, oh my goodness, look at that beautiful flower. It's the first yeah. flower of spring. Look at the colors. It's right. And then it something as simple as a cobweb after the rain and all the raindrops were glistening as the sun shone through. And I just looked at it and I thought, what an amazing creation of nature. How beautiful is that? I'm only going to see it just once. And then it's going to, the cobweb will fall apart and it will be no more. But it was just that. And it was the little things. It was going into Starbucks and the baristas who saw me there every day said, here, here's a free drink. And I was like, right? And I was like, yay! It's the and this is this is it. It's not materialistic. You learn to be in the moment that you 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 live in the moment. You don't plan for tomorrow and the next day and the next month because that's when you just overwhelm yourself. You just be mindful in the moment and you look for what's what's beautiful around. And after a while, I didn't need to purposely look. I would be walking down the street and I'd look at the sun on the lake and it'd be like, wow. And you just stand there and look because it was just so relaxing and just so beautiful. And then horses running around the meadow and having so much fun. And it, it's those things. And in my book, I have excerpts from my journal and the gratitude moments because I wanted to show people gratitude comes from within and how you view the world and it's the little things it's the leaves the tree the flower the stranger that looked at you and smiled and said you have a beautiful smile and you walk away and you go oh my goodness that made my day right? you, 
it's the little things. Yeah. And so, um, yes, gratitude. And so my values changed. I realized um, I want I I didn't want to carry baggage with me. I didn't want to have people in my life that didn't support me and and help me move forward. And I also wanted, so it meant kind of really condensing my network, but only wanted people that would kind of, the word is lift you up, right? That would support and encourage you with, and even on a bad day, say that you're doing a good thing, you've got to keep going forward. Um, and so it's my values of support and respect and kindness and understanding. And when I'm overwhelmed with everything, it's, but you have somebody. I mean, there's always, there's messages on, on social media or there's emails from my website. Um, you know, somebody read the book, somebody saw a podcast or a post I made. And I mean, I posted um, on LinkedIn months ago, just one line. If you're thinking of killing yourself tonight, I'm telling you, it's not your time. We need you in the world. And I just posted it. And within six hours, I had a message from someone saying, oh my God, I read it, thank you. And it's like, wow, you know, you just go, wow. It, it's the little thing. So that's what keeps me going. And when you say things happen, when I, when I hit the brick walls and I hit lots, where I don't think I'm moving forward and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, all of a sudden I'll have a phone call or a message or something from someone that just says, thank you, I read your book, wow, or my daughter listened to your podcast and she came to me and started talking to me, I'm going to see the doctor, thank you so much. And I say, I look at, my, hey, look at myself in the mirror and I go, you know what, Tracy, you got to keep doing this. It's that's what you have to do. What um, what would you say as an adult that you struggle with the most? To like, what is the what is the thing that gets to you? Like when when you're on your you're you're on this path and you're serving, but when you have those moments of crap, I don't know if I can do this. Like, what is the attack that you get? The, that what is the attack of self doubt that you get? Um, I'm never going to make a difference. You start feeling unworthy. Mm. Uh, why am I going to be the one to make a difference when there's so many people out there? Who's going to listen to me? Um, who am I? Right? You start questioning yourself, and you get back to those ants. I call them automatic negative thoughts in the brain, mm -hmm. and they start. You must know as well, right? Once you start allowing one or two negative thoughts into your head, they start multiplying like crazy. And the next thing you know, you're so down on yourself, you feel so completely unworthy. As soon as I feel that starting, that's when I go, okay, step back, give yourself 24 hours, don't make any rash decisions. And it's really weird because something happens. Something happens and it's you gotta keep going. It's it's like the universe sends you a little sign and it's not a huge red flag in your face sign. It's sometimes it's just a little teeny little sign and says, Okay, you've gotta keep doing this. 
Um, but yes, it's. I think this, this, the, the challenge is, and you know, there's so much stigma attached to mental illness, to bullying, to, to drug abuse, right? I mean, there's so much stigma and there's so much misinformation. And when you then try and go and explain to people, not everyone is willing to open their ears and listen. And then that's what I find is frustrating. It's because, come on, don't you want to help your child? Don't you want to save the children? And, you know, some people say, well, I haven't got any kids. It doesn't matter. And I'm, I'm saying to them, but yes, it does. Because if you don't help this child, he has an increased chance of committing a crime or turning to drugs and alcohol or being involved in a gang or risky behavior and ending up in prison. And you could become his victim indirectly, depending on our location. And so there is a cause and effect. And that's what I keep trying to say to people is, no, what we're dealing with, we're all in this together. It's not leave it to the parents or leave it to the schools. It's we all have to work together to solve this because it's a society problem. And yes. so we all have to work together to nurture our kids and give them the best chance of a future because ultimately they are our future doctors, scientists, police officers, TV personalities. I mean, whatever. They have something. They, I believe every single person has a gift. Many people never even realize what their gifts are or, don't, or, or are too scared to use their gift. I believe every child has a gift. And if we do not give them the opportunity to open their heart for the gift, and this is what I'm trying to do, is give them, in, try and help them be the best that they can very be, that can be, that they grow into adulthood, ready to face the world and take it on and know that they have the, the coping abilities and the strategies to deal with shit that life throws at them, because guess what? It's, it's going to help. I am fast and furious. And if you are well-rounded and you know, okay, when I'm stressed, I do this. So I, I don't want to do that. And I know my depression is going to get worse. So this is what I need to do. It gives them more control. And the more control and empowered kids are, the better able and confident they are to then go out into the world and do things. And just like that's your philosophy and that's what you're hoping to do with your kids. That's what I want to do as well. We're all doing it in different ways, but ultimately it's it's creating this really well-adjusted, empowered and confident child to become a teenager, to become a young adult, to then go and have a family and help them, their kids and their community. And it's just... It, it's kindness, right? It just keeps going on and on and on. Yes. And so, yes, that's that is that's what motivates me on the bad days, motivates me on the good days, and it's just we've got to give them a chance. I never, I didn't have that. I I had horrific childhood abuse. <laughs> no one listened to me, right? It was I was born in the 1960s. It was you don't tell anyone. Um, 
but I knew it was wrong. And I, I had goals for myself as a child. At two, I knew I wanted to be a nurse. At five, I knew I wanted to leave home and come to America. And that's what propelled me throughout all the abuse and the horrors and until I left home at 19. And uh, because inherently I knew that's what I had to do. And I consider now my childhood a gift because it enabled me to become the person that I was. But how many kids are able to recognize that? I didn't know what my vision, like that. the first vision I got, I didn't know what it meant. It just was different, but I, I'll never forget it. It was burned in my brain. And to see it like playing out right now in some respect is, wow. Um, but I, so we're, I'm aligned with you there. That's amazing. And I talk about gifts mm -hmm. on this show. I think people are tired of me talking about it because I don't, people don't believe that they have them. Yes, they do. It's insane. And if you knew that you had a superpower, wouldn't you do anything in the world to like tap into it? Of course. And that's where I'm at with it. No, but I, everybody, people don't believe that they have them. I have. I ride. I take Lyft everywhere. And oh, that's right. I'm going to be in a Lyft commercial. I just realized this. This is awesome. Um. Anyway, I forgot about that email. Um. <laughs> Anyway, what, what I was trying to say, sorry, I distracted, yeah. I distracted myself, but um, I, I really believe that we have these gifts and I, I'm just sitting in the back of Lyft talking to the drivers and they're like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, oh my gosh, this is alarming. And then even the feedback from some of the shows that I've done, people don't understand that they have gifts. Yes. It blows my mind. It's available for everyone. I mean, and this is, I think, what I think people have become so immersed in just their tight little lives. And yes, materialism definitely controls a lot of it. And the work ethic has become almost absurd, where some people are working themselves to death that they don't truly appreciate life. And they're not taking time to quote unquote smell the roses. And they're, they're instilling those values in their kids, and that's not good. Uh, but they don't, it, when you're a child, anything is possible. And it, when, when you're a child, you have the most amazing imagination. You can have imaginary friends. You can use Lego and, and build a city. And the adults just look and go, oh, yes. But in their mind, they are created. And somewhere along the way, we squash that. We squash that ability to dream and be creative. And when you're in a horrifically abusive situation and you're dealing with childhood trauma in whatever way, shape or form, that quashes it even more. And it, it's only a very strong few that can kind of hold on to that and keep fighting and fighting. And you see those stories where they say, you know, I knew I wanted to be a doctor and you know, my mom worked three jobs, and, but those, those stories are few and far between. And there's so many other kids that could have followed that path, but were never given permission and encouraged to. And I think these adults are the kids that have their dreams squashed and pushed their, their suppressed their gifts. And now 
they may have little inklings every now and again. They may have a little whisper and then they'll they'll talk themselves out of it. Oh, you're too old. Oh, it's too silly. People will laugh at you. What will my family say? And, and it's like, no. Do you, I mean, as a nurse, I have seen so many people on their deathbed. I have been with people that drop dead in front of me. And you realize that death can be taken from you in an instant, but also those that are terminal and have cancer, and they go through that prolonged dying process. And they always share things with you, and they tell you, you know, like, don't save all your money until you're 80, and don't wait to go on that trip. And if, if this is what you want to do, do it. And I've heard it so many times. And I always used to tell, and I'm great to telling other people, it wasn't until I fell down the rabbit hole that I truly got it. And when I came out of the rabbit hole, it was like, okay, what is really important to me? What is it that I want to do? And what I'm doing is things that I had on my childhood bucket list. Everyone told me when I was a child, I was going to write a book. Um, and I used to go, eh, no, I don't want to write a book. Um, and then when I was growing up, people would say, you're going to go on TV and you're going to talk about helping people, helping kids. And I would go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And that only became a realization after I wrote the book, when I came out of the rabbit hole and met the kids and went, yowza, you guys don't have a voice. Guess what? I got a voice, <laughs> and, I, and I won't stop talking. <laughs> I mean, the, as a nurse, I've always been the advocate, right? The one to step up and say, "This is not right. This is not fair. Let's help these people." And so I thought, okay, it's time to help our kids. I mean, when you see another kid has committed suicide, like 16 teenagers by midnight tonight will have died by suicide in the in USA today. Just 16 today and another 16 tomorrow. But what's even scarier is today, 3,041 students in grades nine through 12 will attempt suicide. 3,041 kids in grades nine through 12, just today alone, will attempt to end their lives because they don't think their lives are worth living. Is How horrific is that? And so Funny that, what when you take right? God out of schools. So that's that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Wow, that number and is really isn't that number mind blowing. I know, I know, and that's just grades nine to twelve. They think another thousand in grades eight and less. They just haven't researched them yet. I wonder. I wonder, like geographically, um, like where the majority of the kids are. Like you know, you know what I'm saying, like. Yes. In LA, Dallas, yeah. you know, I mean, Oklahoma. Like, I would just be curious about the numbers, and the reason why is because I can. You know, I think you. that's how you can find solutions, right? Is asking, like, starting with questions as simple as that, yeah. trying to figure out what it is. If it's something environmental, is it is it is it the uh, the over prescribing of mental health drugs or misdiagnosing kids? Putting kids on unnecessary drugs I, is that is that part of it? Um, you know, I mean, I, I it just seems like there's an answer for the problem, but just thinking back on my own childhood and after talking to you with you know about yours, 
maybe we can just start with creating a safe space for kids to be able to talk and share their truth. Absolutely, because so many people say, but you know, kids and teenagers don't want to open up. And I'm like, well, no, they don't want to maybe open up to you. And that's uh, like the mom or dad or the teacher. And that's not meant because they don't like you. It's because they don't think you'll understand what they're going through. But they will open up to someone that has been there, done that. Because that's more empowering. It's like, you know, a kid coming up to you and saying, you know, I, I want to do this or um, I'm really scared. I'm going to start using drugs. My friends are and they're pressurizing me and they want someone to say, okay, listen, this is what you need to do because this is a path that you don't want to start going down. Yeah. But it's, it's, they don't want the people that can turn around and say, well, no, I've never ever dealt with drug addiction or I've never ever had a mental illness or I've never been bullied. They don't want to talk to them because they're going to get a textbook response or they're going to get a mum and dad, I love you, I care for you response, but you're still not getting into the heart of the matter of the inner turmoil and the pain that they're struggling with. Exactly. And so that's why it's, Yes, you have to be 100% vulnerable, honest, and transparent, and tell it like it is for the kids to come up, sit down next to you, and say, with me, it's, when will I get out of my rabbit hole? No. Or I, I had a 15-year-old whisper in my ear after I gave a presentation. She came up and thanked me, and she was, um, I looked at her and I said, are you okay? And there were little tears forming, and she whispered in my ear and said, said I just came home from hospital. I, I tried to kill myself again last night. 15, two suicide attacks. And I just looked at her, and I, I started crying, and I hugged her, and I said, you, let's talk. Why, why do you need, why are you wanting to end your life? What is going on that you're in so much pain that you don't think we want you anymore? And so then she started telling me. And after, and she actually follows me on social media now. And after it was, after we, we spoke and I gave her my book and I, and she says, I want to buy your book. And I said, here, let me sign it for you. And I wrote a, mess, an, uh, a message for her. And the teacher came up after and said, oh, I didn't even know. They had no idea. So again, a child comes back to school after just committing, attempting suicide. And nobody knows. It's, I'm not saying it, it needs to go throughout the school, but there has to be a few people that are aware of this. Yeah. Because this child is walking this road on her own after just for the second time, not mad, not um, succeeding, but is she not going to go home for the third time? Right? What, what level of pain is she going through at 15 that she does not feel it's worth seeing her 16th birthday? And that's what it was, where it gets me. I, it, it, I'm horrified when I see nine-year-olds committing suicide. 
I mean, six-year-olds are committing suicide right now. Six years old. They don't even understand the concept of life and death. But they know enough from movies and games. That's how you kill yourself. And they do. What level of pain are you in that you, you make that decision? It, it just, it breaks my heart. It just, uh, and yes, that's why I do what I do. And that's why you do what you do. Right? Because ultimately, we're all in this together. It's, we, we want to save our kids. Yeah. And everyone's kids. It's everyone's kids. Because one, one child's death is one child too many. I just... You know, it's. It blows your mind. It, I, it, I really don't even know how to respond because, you know, you, you hear people talk about a few years ago, I tried to commit suicide. I talk about how every time I partied, I set out with the intention of dying. Uh, a little bit different than committing suicide. But it's always adults, past tense, you know. That kind of thing. But when you hear that these children, children. This, like children, like people that they're supposed to be believing in Santa Claus and Easter bunnies mm -hmm. and things like fairy tales, and, and they're committing suicide. Exactly. It, it's just really hard to wrap my brain around that. Exactly. And I think that's why I get a lot of resistance because. I'm, I'm telling people, yes, we have a huge issue with teenage suicide, but let's not forget our kids. Because the child who is diagnosed with a mental illness at six and seven and does not get adequate supports will eventually become that child of 13 or 14 who will attempt suicide or may do it at seven or eight, depending on what's going on in their world, because everyone has a different life history. And so it's, no, we have to go back to the beginning. We've got to start helping kids from the moment they go to school. I'm, uh, I'm probably more passionate about this, making this studio happen than I've ever been in my life. Because I, I'm not trying to say that it's gonna put a dent in it, but. Well, but, but if, it, if it proves to like if it proves to work right if it proves to help and you're able to track the impact that it yes. that it happens then why not do that in other cities, cities. i agree i agree if um, it works i mean what a novel concept share your truth i mean and if it works for the youth oh my gosh what a blessing that would be if that ended up if i i but i really i know it would have helped me it would have helped you Absolutely, absolutely. So um, why not? Why wouldn't it help kids now? And they're way more creative than we were. Exactly. No, absolutely. And, and I mean, I've seen it with them coming to share their stories with me. That I know that they want to. It's not that oh, they're just being aloof and they don't want to right. talk. Yes, they do. But it has to be the right person in the right environment because this is something that is so personal and private and confusing to them as well. And they think that they don't want to be pointed out as that weirdo. And it's like, you're not weird. 
you also, it's, and this is what I'm trying to tell these kids. Your diagnosis does not define who you are. It actually makes you cool. Right? I mean, there's an element to that, that it's a good, like, I say my mental illness is, I don't call it a mental illness anymore. It's a, it's a mental uniqueness. And I get to, like, I re, get to reframe it. Like, yeah, I may have bad moments, but I protect myself. And I set um, boundaries for myself. But it, at the same time, the good parts of it are amazing. No, and, and that's all part of the, of the education and the empowering the kids. That a mental illness is not, not something to be ashamed of, and it's not a secret. We all have mental health. We all go through mental distress when things, depending on our childhood circumstances and stresses in life, it may then develop into a, an anxiety disorder or an obsessive compulsive or a depression right? or a bipolar. We have the genetic component. It doesn't define you. It is a part of you. It's a small part of who you are. And if you know about it and you're able to anticipate, okay, I've got all this stress coming on. It may trigger me. This is what I need to do. And you empower yourself and take control you learn so much from it. Yes. You, you learn values of kindness and support and understanding. And then you, you're better able to help your friends and other people as well as yourself because you've learned this about yourself, right? It's, you pay it forward in a different way. And that in itself becomes another gift in your arsenal. You already have a gift. This is another gift you have in that it's opened your eyes and your mind to the ability that you can now go and help other people. And ultimately, that is something that's very satisfying and makes you a much better person. And so that's what I, I try to explain to kids. It's nothing to be ashamed of. And the more everyone starts to understand what it is, that you are not a crazy, dangerous person that's gonna grab a gun and do something, the better able we're gonna get rid of that stigma and be more receptive and embracing them because it's like enough people. It, it just, every time I, I hear of a gun fatality and they say, oh, must be mental, mentally ill. And it's like, we have 200 mental illnesses. Let's step back a moment here, right? Is this person a psychopath? Okay, well, this is different, you know, but what went on in that person's childhood that may have prevented this at 30, at 20, yeah. right? I mean, we've seen some of the bullies, um, some of the kids that were bullied going into school and doing the mass um, shootings. And we look back and um, Dylan in, what's, sorry, um, on the East Coast, who um, shot all the children, the young children, he had autism, but was not correctly diagnosed and received treatment, but he was bullied horrendously and then secluded himself for months and months in a room with paper on the windows. Nobody noticed that. Oh my gosh. Right? And then finally, he had enough. He took the guns, he killed his Right? And then he went and shot them because, and he shot them not for revenge, he shot them because he didn't want any of them to go through what he went through. 
but people don't listen to that, right? It's Oh my gosh, really quick, I want to give a shout out to the Walmart audience who's listening right now. Thank you, Amy Morrison. Uh, <laughs> you guys can check us out at facebook.com slash gratitude unfiltered and you can join in on the show, the conversation, you can ask questions. We are with the amazing, just the brilliant Tracy Max uh, Maxfield. We're talking about some pretty fascinating things, but it's. I really feel like this is going to change the world. I, I this. You, what the work that you're doing is a work that makes people uncomfortable. But guess what? Progress and growth is is uncomfortable. You get you you we get to stretch. You know, we do something every day to stretch our faith. That's how you get to see God work in your life. I said at the beginning of the show, but a part of that is getting uncomfortable, taking risk, and we get to pay attention to the children. And this this idea, I, I want to talk to you off the air about when I start forming the board for the Gratitude Unfiltered Ministries. I would like to have you be a part of it because this studio Absolutely. that we're wanting to build for kids to have this outlet, to give them every opportunity that we have and to teach them how to, you know, to in a safe environment, but teach them the, the media side and, and just knowing how to like, knowing how to have a show, you know, maybe it's a talk show, but really what it is, you make them feel fancy like the people on TV but then you're also giving them a safe space to share their truth. Like honest to God, that can change the world because kids, if they get comfortable and they're getting to create their own show and they're getting to create the graphics and like the design for their look so you can make them feel like they're a, a famous DJ or whatever. And you can set that up and you can get their website and their social media set up for them and you can let them go live on the air, record it, stream it to their friends, show they have an outlet, but I know that this behind a camera was a, an extremely safe place for me to express my truth. It took another step of faith doing it on stage, yes. but this prepared me for that opportunity. And it's such a blessing. And I want to teach other kids that because I swear to you, having this platform that I've been so blessed to build that's now going on television has is probably saved my life because it's kept me I use this to hold me accountable like anyone that watches the show knows I'll call myself out when I'm in the middle of a trigger or I'm wanting like I air this stuff out in real time because it 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 keeps me safe what if it did that for a kid absolutely and the other thing is if we you empower the kids the show that they may do may be for kids and they may actually start talking about bullying, abuse, mm. drugs, mental illness. They may because they know of so many and that in itself could grow into something. This, as I said, the kids have gifts. There are so many possibilities to channel this creative outlet that they have to give back. And so to me, yes. You've got to provide that opportunity. And you have and everyone that's listening right now on replay, watching live, listening live, listening at Walmart right now. Thank you again, Amy. That kid you're looking at right in front of you, that kid has extraordinary abilities. That kid has a gift. So do you. So do you. But so does your child. And 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 remember that. And when you see them being naturally a good at something, encourage it, even if it's loud and noisy. 
If it's banging around, you never you never know. That could be the next Tommy Lee from Motley Crue. You never know. If you nurture that gift from an early age, you can save them a ton of freaking heartache. And honestly, you could break the cycle of pain for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. Nurture their gifts. Absolutely. I mean, even if you have a little boy and he's yelling, I can't see the comments, sorry. Oh, you can't? Okay, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, no. Even if you have a little boy and he is starting to maybe he really likes your clothes and he doesn't wear them but maybe he just likes the colors and the textures and things don't dissuade him from doing that for all you know he could be the next great fashion designer you don't know it's the gifts that they are there don't quash anything that they're doing and say well you shouldn't do that Yes, unless they're actually mutilating animals or something, then you need to go and absolutely take them to the doctor for help. But as long as they're not doing anything which puts themselves in harm's way or at risk or puts other people, embrace what, even if you think it's a little oddity or a quirk, embrace and nurture it. They may grow out of it, but they also may keep it close to them and keep developing that gift so yes go for it tracy i adore you i i'm i stand in solidarity with you um in what you're doing in the world i i want to keep this relationship going i want to have you on again i i really believe that what you're doing is god's work and i just you're god you're a blessing and thank you for taking everything that hurt you in shifting that and using it for good yes. it's people like you that get to change the world and i'm really inspired by you like i'm you're you're my people i i i love you and i uh, i'm now one of your biggest fans so thank you thank you thank you all right. i say back at you absolutely all right i will be in touch soon i get to end the show right now um okay. but thank you you um, have an amazing week, and I'll be in touch. Okay, sounds good. Thank you, Tracy. Tracy Maxwell, everybody. She is amazing. If you just now join, watch the replay. Um, and if you have kids, it's a good one to watch. I want to read you something before I end the show. I found this today. It just fell like it was on the floor, and I wrote this months ago. If everything in your life is certain, you cannot possibly have faith. Uncertainty causes us to live in faith. Uh, we wait, we spend, <laughs> I can't read my writing sometimes that stinks. Uh, well, I've shared this before. Do something every day to stretch your faith. History is moved by people who have faith. God is for you. He will want, he wants you just the way you are. He can use all of your past for the good of man to bless others and ultimately bring yourself joy. You have to decide, can you trust God with your life? Become the right person. It takes faith, surrender. The voice inside you. Oh, pay attention to the voice inside you that tells you to take action. Sometimes there is addition by Sometimes there is addition by subtraction. Believing is not the end game. 
Your soul is longing for adventure and uncertainty. Do something every day to stretch your faith and you will see God work in your life. Good night.